Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, and it's Thursday, January 23rd. Seriously, it's the 23rd day of the new year and the new decade. So if you haven't started doing anything about what you should be doing or started doing anything about getting your goals lined up, we're 23 days into the new decade, and I don't know about you, I'm chilled. <laughs> it's kind of like it started off really slow, I mean, with much anticipation. I don't know about you, but this is one of the first years in a long time that when the new year started, I was excited. I actually felt a sense of excitement that something great is going to happen and that it's going to be a good year and a good decade. I haven't felt like this in a long, long time. So I'm just so grateful that we are able to see this. And on this 23rd day, it's a Friday. I'm sorry, today's a Friday, right? So it's the 24th. I am so behind, it's the 24th. I'm still like, I lost a day because it was a holiday at the beginning of the week. So forgive me. I probably <laughs> at this point should just say, but mom's the word. So today we're going to talk about something that I came across. As you know, I read a lot. And when I read stuff, I share the information gladly with my audience. And it becomes a talking point. Because lately, we've been looking at, a lot of people have been asking questions for decades now. Why Africa continues to be in the state that it is in. And whilst we can lament about uh, lack of infrastructural investment and that Africa had been colonized so much by Western nations. And those Western nations, after they made their money, pulled out of Africa and kind of left the country with nothing and no infrastructural investment. There's also the argument that is concise that says that, well, the people who were left behind were corrupt. They ripped their country off. They created wars and tribalism and lots of tribal wars that damaged the country in spite of the fact that most of Africa is very wealthy in natural resources, natural resources that if managed properly and traded on the world market would ensure that the citizens of those countries can live a healthy life and can live a fairly good lifestyle. They don't have to migrate to Western nations in Europe because they would be able to live in their own country. The problem is corruption. The problem is corrupt politicians who view the country's wealth as something they should own. It's, it's highly politicized and very political, in fact, because a lot of those countries in a lot of countries in Africa kind of evolved out of wanting a communist regime, kind of. They kind of wanted this totalitarian system of government that didn't sit well with the people, especially when you look at countries in Africa that have myriad uh, tribal groups that have existed for hundreds of years, right? So they have their own tribal systems, they have their own religious practices, their own customs, and each little tribe has a chief. So unifying that takes great skill and requires a greater sense of community and a greater sense of loyalty to country than it is to the tribe. Well, what you find is that people are loyal to the tribe and don't see the bigger picture that there is a bigger country here. So you go into, into some towns in African cities and you see pockets of wealth and pockets of a good standard of living and then you go into the villages and you're like, what happened here? Well, we're gonna look at a country called Angola. 
this morning. Angola is a country in southwestern Africa that was formerly colonized by Portugal. It has an interesting history because as because it's in the southwestern part of Africa, you can just imagine how easy it was to facilitate the slave trade in the 1500s and the 1600s and the 1700s because it was a pipeline it proved to be a pipeline of slaves from Angola directly to Brazil. Brazil being the largest Portuguese outpost in the New World. So Brazil, so Portugal was looking at, man, this is rich. I have the people to work. I can put them to work in a big country like Brazil. They can make millions of dollars. This is why you hardly see Portugal having any issues today. Because they've been wealthy for centuries now. And they were wealthy for centuries because of colonization. So the, the, the story we're talking about is how Africa's richest woman, well, she's a descendant, right? Her father was a former president of Africa. So though he's a black man, he has a Portuguese last name because the Portuguese lived in and colonized uh, Angola for more than 500 years, right? Their first settlement was in the 1500s the late 1400s to the 1500s and they've been there they were there up until 1975 Isabel dos Santos her father is an Angolan man who was the former president and who went to study in Russia he married a Russian woman and they had they had two children together right he had three marriages this is uh, Isabel is the product of the first marriage right so while he was studying engineering in, in Russia, and this is something, see, we in the US tend to be focused on America only. And we forget sometimes that the world is, is also very large outside of the US. A lot of folks in Africa do go to Russia to study. Did you all know that? A lot of folks in Africa do go to Russia to study engineering and aeronautical engineering. In fact, I know of people who have paid for their children to go to Russia in, in, from Nigeria. So this is not uncommon. Uh, so when we encounter these, don't go, what are they doing in Russia? Well, it's a pipeline. They also go to China to study as well because the world outside of the US still exists, right? We here tend to view our 50 states, especially the 48 states. Each state is like its own country. So we kind of get embroiled in what is happening in each state. And we forget that there is a much bigger world out there. So Mrs. Dos Santos' mother is from Azerbaijan. Everybody knows Azerbaijan. We all became familiar with the various small territories in, south, in, in Eastern Europe and Southern Europe after the Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, conflict. Remember that one in the 1990s? Suddenly we became aware that there is an Azerbaijan and there is a Kazakhstan and a Kazakhstan and all the stans and the Jeans, right? So, Miss DeSantis is the product of that marriage. So her father, who f helped to fight for independence from Portugal, he became president because he had been, you know how it is, he was a youth leader and leader of some groups. He became president and he believed in a totalitarian system. So he aligned himself with Russia, right? Communism. We all know what communism is, is state-controlled assets. That means the state controls the assets of the country. Here in America, we subscribe to capitalism, free enterprise. That means Americans 
owned the resources so you can go buy the land you own land and oil is found on your land you still own the land the state doesn't come in and say well i own your land with your oil in america we subscribe to free enterprise so any citizen can sign up can just go start their own company if they believe they can do it they're not going to question you and tell you you can't or set the boundaries of what you can do we subscribe to free enterprise and capitalism so when you study the american model of politics and the american model of economics it is really far more desirable and easier to live under than it is the other kinds of models that exist in other parts of the world so under angola's system of totalitarianism as their political practice and their political adherence naturally the state controlled the assets miss dos santos was educated in the west she went to well-recognized private schools in England that are very expensive. And she studied abroad as well. She studied in colleges abroad. Then she went back to her country because her father was the ruler from 1975 until 2015. That's a long time, isn't it? A very long time. He was the ruler, so he controlled all the state assets. He amassed a fortune that is unbelievable. What we're finding in this story is that he, by decree, by presidential decree, just like in Russia, because you know Russia is controlled by like about 10 or 12 oligarchs. They really haven't told us the full truth. So the same people who used to manage Russian resources under communism, communism, are now the owners of those same assets. But they don't call it communism anymore. They call it something else. I don't know what it is, right? Well, the same is true in Angola. They own the assets of the country by presidential decree. Her father gave her the country's assets. One of the major assets he gave was access to the country's diamonds. Angola is rich in diamonds. Now we've all seen pictures of little African children in African villages who seem like they're starving. They don't have running water, flies are around them, riddled with disease. But that particular country, Angola, has a very high infant mortality rate. The poverty is excessive. There's no running water, no sanitation systems. But Mr. Santos lives like a billionaire, like any American billionaire. At least in our country, we have running water for available for all of our citizens, right? We have indoor plumbing and people can go to schools. We may not like everything, but it's there, right? Over there, it's not. So while most of the country exists under grinding poverty and most of its citizens are illiterate, she's living the life of Riley, excessively rich. Not because she created free enterprise, but because by presidential decree, her father gave her access to the country's resources. Wouldn't we all wanna have a daddy like that? You just go to daddy and say, hey daddy, and daddy just creates a presidential decree that gives you access to the country's resources. That's how she made her wealth. So when people began asking her about her wealth, she lied and she said she's a self-made person. But there is a firm of international, there's a group of international whistleblowers. They busted her story wide open because they started investigating how did she really make her wealth. I mean, she was showing up on the playgrounds of the rich all over the world. In fact, there are pictures of her with wealthy and well-known and famous Americans. So people started taking a look. I mean, I mean, at least with Americans, you know how they make their money. It's public. 
everybody knows you're a, you're famous you're an actor singer musician or you're a businessman so they know how you make your money so you can stand there and grin all day because everything is fine and hunky-dory with her they start the international media started taking a second look and what they found was that underneath her self-made claims they were not true her father had given her all these assets Angola is rich in diamonds and oil her father gave her control of the oil company that mines Angolan oil out of the ground and that company bought into Portugal's largest petroleum company do you see colonization really didn't stop so they might have moved out the, the, the colonial powers might have moved out politically politically but economically they figured out we might as well stay there economically and still make some money so she owns a stake in Portugal's largest uh, petroleum company she actually lived in Lisbon Portugal and claimed Portuguese residency but when the media started opening conversations about her she became wanted and was uh, subpoenaed for embezzlement and so she left they don't know where she is now she lives somewhere in Dubai or something on an island where there's no extradition with nobody she can afford to she's married her husband and her her husband is a lawyer he's native from Zaire it's now called the Democratic Republic of the Congo right and her husband is a participant in her wealth gathering what they found was that he they owned a lot of the company's wealth a lot of the country's wealth and it was all created so here's the scheme so her father gave her access to the diamonds in the country right her husband creates a marketing company that sells the diamonds internationally the people in the country however the resources belong to the people in the country but the people in the country don't profit or benefit from any of these enterprises that's the shocker now how did American contact American companies get involved in this well two decades ago they were hired to go into some countries in Africa to do a sort of review uh, they come in to make recommendations how to improve processes and how to make companies work better American firms like Boston Consulting Group, PricewaterhouseCoopers, right, McKinsey Group, they all went in, us must have went in on with good intentions, but you know what happens, they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. They went in with good intentions, but instead, a network of lawyers, accountants, all they did was make her rich. They just created more and more paper trail, and more, in, in fact, in one instance, they found that Pricewaterhouse was paid through a company owned in Malta through a, a shell company owned in Malta by Mr. Santos but the invoice was sent to the Angolan government do you see what I'm saying so she literally had a grip now the people in Angola are powerless now they recently uh, had a tribunal in which they you know they want to arrest her they set out a decree but is that really going to happen not when your dad is still alive and he is the former president he's still alive and probably has paid off all the other politicians and they don't have the wealth nor the power to seek extradition in the country that she has since taken up residency she has since taken up residency in another country and you know she's probably paid off everybody else to make sure she can reside this lady is rich 
she owns a 35 million dollar yacht that might be chump change to people like elon musk yeah and other american titans of industry but at least they own their own stuff right you can say all you want about americans but they own their own stuff they own their stuff their name is on it they started it their name is on it that's what makes them great because their own enterprise is what catapulted them beyond the boundaries that most of us can't get beyond in this case we're talking about people who didn't have inherited wealth but who took over their own country's assets so it makes you wonder are you human is she human because her own people are suffering from high mortality rates suffering from health care crisis suffer from suffering from high illiteracy while she's living high on the hog and dining on caviar and, and, and running uh, and having high uh, marketing grifts and marketing shows where she's selling off her country's assets. Those diamonds don't belong to her. She doesn't own the mines in Angola. The Angolan people own the mines. But because of political corruption, her father decreed the mines to her, so she owns them into perpetuity. The Angolan government could rescind that, but guess what? She has already made the money. She's made enough money. The woman is worth $2 billion. That's no chump change. That's no chump change. Now, you might find her in world forums, but because she's now wanted, you probably are not going to find her in any of those forums, right? Because she's now wanted, right? And so, what you're finding is that she is a, a, a person who is who wants to be who is go, probably going to face I don't know at some point in her life it is possible that she might face some sort of corruption charges don't you think at some point in her life it is possible that she might face some corruption charges and that would not be unusually it sounds like typical Africa on any day and so you have to the wider question is what were American firms doing there and why did they not pull out when they saw corruption. Why did they say that? Well, the fees were good. They were making the money. It, they're not being held accountable as we are in this country by oversight committees in the, in the Congress or in the Senate or in the House. They're not held accountable by attorneys general. They're not held accountable by state oversight committees. That's a wage. Even your own company, you can run it all you want, but if you break the law, then you're going to be held accountable for breaking the law. No. American companies went in there to offer, to, you know, to offer uh, consulting and to offer advice and to offer uh, recovery and to offer improvement mechanisms and processes, but instead they facilitated her wealth. She continued to make money whilst they didn't lose anything. And it's sad because you would have thought that they would at least rise above the corruption rise above the ish that was already there that in fact that's what they went in there for was to make sure that corruption does not take place instead they kind of sat there and watched it ferment over 20 years mr santos is 46 she didn't become wealthy overnight after she graduated college and went back home and got married that's when her father started placing her in charge of state assets in those kinds of economies and in those countries under those political systems it's not unusual for nepotism to reign 
is one of the reasons that we were fighting against when this current president began naming his children to key positions of power. It's called nepotism. There is a reason for that. Because you become blinded by familial ties and you don't see the big picture. You see where I'm coming from? But nepotism reigns in those kinds of situations where people just randomly appoint family members or friends to positions over state assets and then there is no accountability. Nobody is holding anybody accountable. There's no such thing as a free press in those situations where people can say, well, freedom of speech reign, much as it is here in the United States where we have free speech. People have a constitutional right to free speech. No, not in those countries. So because there's no free, free press, then the people don't even know what's going on. They would have had to have access to outside media to know what is taking place in their own country because the media, what they do see or hear, is controlled by the state. They also don't vote. How are they going to vote? You vote when the president tells you to go to vote, when he feels like calling an election that he has orchestrated. So her father is alive. He probably has millions of guards around him. Nobody isn't touching him, right? He has seen it all. He's enjoying the resources of his wealth. But she is living somewhere else in total freedom and abandon. Because when they make their money in those countries that they make from all the country's assets, that money doesn't stay in the country. It's parked overseas. It's parked in other places. In tax-free uh, tax shelters, tax-free havens, where there are very few questions asked. For instance, we all know about Panama. Yeah, Panama is a tax haven. So you want your money parked in Panama, you go to the bank, you tell them, you find somebody who knows, and they tell you how they, it gets done. They create a shell company in Panama, and the money's parked there, and nobody asks any questions. You get an address, P.O. box, number, happens in the Bahamas, happens everywhere, right? This is how the wealthy of the world function. Now, most of us don't know that because, you know, we're in our day-to-day -day world, and we're like, oh, that has nothing to do with me. But you should know. You should be informed. Don't ask why it has nothing to do with you. Your little money is nothing. <laughs> These people have billions of dollars. <laughs> they have access. In fact, Ms. DeSantos, it is reported that she owns over 400 companies and has a network stretching from Hong Kong to the United States. She's extremely wealthy. She's not rich, she's wealthy. She can afford to take off. She probably is going to be on SpaceX uh, 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 flight out of here to Mars or some other place pretty soon. Probably has bought that passage already. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's not funny. <laughs> right? So when you look at it, you have to ask yourself, is this really all that it is? Is this really all that it is? Because the way, it's ingenious in how they did it. She and her husband. What they did was they took the, when her father gave her control of the, of the diamond industry, she created a marketing company and marketed said diamonds on the international market and had international celebrities showing off the rocks 
but the Angolan people don't know that because they're too poor to have television. They're too poor to have electricity. So they don't know that it is their own diamonds. It's their own works that this woman, that their own citizen, their own daughter is profiting from it. And they don't have a clue what is going on. It, it, when you read stories like this, it makes you celebrate the fact that you live in America. It makes you be, it makes you happy to know that you live under a system of government and under a system that imposes oversight. Now, America isn't big on control. They don't want to control anybody. They have more subtle ways of doing that, but they do have oversight. It makes you want to celebrate that you live in a system where tomorrow morning when we all wake up, Trump will still be in the White House. The military will still be doing what they're doing. The Senate and the House will still be doing what they're doing. And at the local level, the streets are patrolled. They're not even patrolled. You don't see police officers driving around with guns hanging out. You barely see a police car most of the time, right? You don't see the state police pulling people over randomly. It's, it's, it's free. These, when you read these kinds of stories, it, it, it's kind of like you scratch your head. I was reading the story and I kept saying, oh wow, because it's 2020. I, these are the stories that you heard that happened in the 1960s and 1970s and proliferated in the 1980s. You would have thought that the entering of American firms into these economies would negate all of that. And would prevent all of that because they would brought, brought they would have brought Americanism, oversight and transparency into these situations. In, instead, she still walked away after two decades owning the country's wealth. And there are American celebrities who took pictures with her, who I know right now probably took those pictures off of Instagram. They have parted with her because the playgrounds of the rich, you know, it's still just a small planet. There are only so many places that the rich are going to, to, to go to. There are only so many places. You, you They have a routine that they travel. Certain times of the year, they go to this place. Certain times of the year, this is what is happening. They have an itinerary, a travel itinerary that is common to people of that ilk. Meanwhile, the rest of us are grinding it out and are happy when we can get a trip to Disney. <laughs> we can get a vacation to Mexico or something. <laughs> right? I think it's a heyday when you can go on Europe to vacation. Meanwhile, there are folks who go away every five minutes. They get on a plane, get on a yacht, and they sail the high seas with all of their country's wealth and sip mimosas in the name of the people whom they, they are supposed to be taking care of. Isn't it shocking? What's shocking to me is that American firms whom I trust, who typically provide oversight and transparency, participated and facilitated this. They knew this was happening and they didn't stop it. They didn't pull out and say, well, I can't do this because for integrity reasons. They just stayed there and made their money and quietly walked away. Some of them are still there. Quietly walked away while this woman continued to rip her country off. Were it not for whistleblowers, were it not for journalists, you would have never known that this was going on. The funny thing is, the thing about it is that while this is happening in Angola, guess what? It's happening elsewhere. Angola is not the only country. There are other people who are ripping their country's assets off. And you wonder why Africa stays the same. This is why. 
people are so corrupt. The tribalism that goes on in these spaces where they put the tribe and the interests of the tribe above the country. And so these things continue to rip a whole continent off. And the colonial powers don't interfere because they're like, well, we gave you independence. So you wanted to be independent, but they created the tribalism, the colonial powers, because while they were there, they divided and conquered. They did not spread unity because unity was what? A threat to their stability. So the colonial powers who colonized these spaces ensured that tribalism proliferated because it suited their own political and economic interests. They encouraged it. They stirred it up. You remember the conflict in Syria? The conflict in Syria was led by this egotistic bastard, Assad, who killed his own people off, right? Well, he did the same thing. The conflict started because a group of people said, I don't like you, it's time for you to go. Your father ran the country, you are now running it. Time for you to give somebody else. And he stirred it up and encouraged it because of his ego, because he was going to maintain power even if he had to destroy the whole country. Tribalism and power. People want power by any means necessary. And when they get power and obtain power, they destroy a lot of people with them. This is why Africa continues to sit on the brink of destruction because it is imploded. It's imploded from within. That does not excuse the leaders in Africa by now who having lived and having had the benefit and the experience of seeing what colonialism has done should say, I am not going to participate in tribalism. I'm not going to participate in corruption. I'm not going to kill my people off or rob my own people of it. Instead, they just sit there and make their millions and park it abroad so that they stay in power and continue to be rich. The story of Angola is the story of Africa. It's widespread. It's everywhere. Somalia, Ethiopia, name it, it's there. There are very few countries in Africa that have economic and political stability to this day. And a lot of it is the derelicts of colonialism that created this tribal warfare for centuries, setting up one group of people against the other so they will never unite and overthrow the colonial government. Now colonial powers are sitting in their glass towers in the world's capitals enjoying the wealth from native peoples and watching those same native peoples continue to implode centuries later. Do you see what I'm saying? America is a modern power. We don't do that. Nah. We take care of our own people within our borders. We make sure that our people have access to natural resources and our people have access. When you see all glory, when you see the flag, wave and salute, because that is real. Homeland is real. You gotta celebrate that. You gotta give a shout out to America. At least we stand for something. Don't worry about what the politicians are saying. The backbone of this country is strong. We're still in charge. We're still doing what we do. America's still great. And you wonder why some of us live here. This is why. Right? 
tribalism. This is why when we see these things arise in our own communities and so on, we shut it down because it's dangerous, because our power is in our unity. As we continue to unite, we won't split apart because it's very easy when you're not unified for others to take control. But as long as we can unite around the central theme, we unite around our common beliefs of safety and economic provision for all, then we are good, we're safe. That means others can come in and create stories and create strife because we are united. Our power is in our unity. This is why no matter what political party, at the end of the day, what are you? You red, white, and blue. That's it. You're for the stars and the stripes. That's it. Anything else? Nah, we ain't, we, we ain't doing that. Do you see what I'm saying? We can disagree about kneeling for the national anthem at a football game, a basketball game, or something else. But at the end of the day, when the call comes, we're still going to be what? We're still going to bleed red, white, and blue. Stars and stripes all day, every day, baby. Do you see what I'm saying? Whilst I do have some disappointment in these American firms who went there, they probably thought the story would never be told, but these are firms who here in the United States perform with the highest standards of integrity because here they're being held accountable by a system of laws. You see, the founding fathers were not that stupid, right? <laughs> they were not that stupid. They had something going on. They designed a system of laws. As we continue to evolve, we change and modify to fit modern life as life progresses. But at the same time, we keep an eye on stuff. We got to have oversight. The problem in Africa is not just tribalism, it's oversight. You, you have to ask yourself, after a while, you say to yourself, well, the colonial powers have left. Why are you still hanging on to the methods and methodologies that they left behind? Why can't you unite around a common theme of defending the country and providing for the citizens of the country? Why can't you unite around the common theme that the country has resources? Make no mistake about it. Africa does not lack natural resources. Africa is rich in oil, diamonds, copper, gold, and a lot of natural minerals. What has happened is colonial powers have mined those over time and have not replenished that. Facilitated by tribal warfare that colonial powers encouraged so that they could continue to take the money out. A lot of Africa's money reside in the banks in Europe. The Bank of France could tell the story of how much money it has from its former colonists in Africa. The Bank of England could do the same thing. How much money does it have in its vaults that come from the former colonies of Africa? Where they're still bound in some African nations, they're still bound by trade agreements that disproportionately displaces them but benefits the former European power. Do you see what I'm saying? Again, I'm gonna say it, I'm so glad, say I'm so glad I live in America. I'm so glad I live in the American power and in the American kingdom. It's just a different thing, y'all. You gotta love America. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it is what it is.
kid you not. <laughs> when I look at all this stuff, I am I I am still shocked that this kind of stuff is still going on in Africa. I kid you not. I thought that as time evolved, they would have gotten past the tribalism that has desegregated and disseminated and destroyed their, their systems of government. I thought they would have grown up and grown past it. Having looked now and seen how it has killed millions and millions of people and the best of their people continue to emigrate and leave, I thought they would have gotten past it. Instead, the governments are still as corrupt. I know somebody who I met here and she was, uh, she's still a bishop in Nigeria. And the stuff she described was mind-blowing. Totally mind-blowing. She sent her sons to, to, to Russia to learn aeronautical engineering, not to return to Nigeria to work, but in the hope that they will find work in European nations. Did you hear me? In America, we educate our own children. So now it's our responsibility to make sure that they find work right here in America. Build up our country. Take the best of our country. Since we're educating our own people, yeah. Find work for them so they build our country up. Let them bring their smarts, their intellect, their insight. Let them build their creativity and their innovation to build us up and continue to make this power great. I want the American reign to continue for a long, long time because it's fair, because you don't have to worry about rampant corruption and disintegration of political systems that pose a threat to safety and security of human life. I, I much, much, much prefer this way of life. I want this to continue into perpetuity and I pray that it is so. You with me? I pray that it is so. Fairness, where you can participate in governmental systems and systems of choosing your leaders, not out of fear, but out of a genuine desire that this is the person I think should be, and this is the person I like. This is why when you watch the impeachment trial, look at it from the perspective that that's democracy at work. That's us exercising our freedom to choose whom we want. We choose somebody. We're watching it work. That's what it tells us. This is a great democracy. It's working for our good. It is working for our good. It's demonstrating to other countries, this is what you probably should do. They may not like it. They might have other names to describe it, but guess what? This is what we do. We don't know what you do over there. What you do may not suit us, but this is what we do over here. This is what we look like. This is what we sound like. This is what we do to maintain our system of democracy so our people are safe, secure, and are profitable. It's profitable to us as a superpower and as an economic power to have everyone participate in it. It's profitable to us. We spread it all around. You know what happens in a few weeks? Tax returns. For a brief moment, everybody gets to feel like they're a kingpin. 
they get their tax returns and they can go splurge and buy whatever they want while at the same time still working. I want you to tell me how many countries of the world where you find that happening. And I also want you to tell me who owns the assets in your state. Is it owned by the state or is it owned by someone whose parents probably own the land or a free enterprise, an enterprising individual who bought it? Mine it, keep it. Do you see what I'm saying? Here in Michigan, we were fighting over the rights of our water. Who owns the water? The citizens, not the state. There was a guy who thought that maybe he should profit from it. They voted him out. They're like, uh-uh, don't try. Do you see what I'm saying? We have a constitution that works. We provide for our people. Shame on African nations to still not provide for your own people. These people seek political power and engage and use that power to kill your own people off. You can't even provide for them to read. Come on, dude, seriously? But you wrote a decree that gave your daughter access to the diamonds of the country. Dear God in heaven, could you be any more corrupt? Gave her access to the oil of the country while the citizens are left without oil to make electricity in their homes. They can't read at night. Infant mortality rates are high because there's no health care. People having children and have no health care so the kids are dying. If you don't have a healthy, vibrant population and new birth, what is going to happen to your society? You will die out. You won't have anybody. You will die. Are you seeing what I'm saying? When this conversation is over with me today, I want you to sit quietly and think about what makes your country so great. What makes America so great? When you sit down and you start thinking about it, man is going to push you to engage more if you haven't. It's going to make you say, God, I am so lucky. I was born here. I'm so lucky I live here. I am so blessed. Thank you, God. You're going to say, thank you, Jesus. Because when you think about what other people in other countries go through, if you were born in Angola today, you wouldn't make it past 21. You don't have access to health care. You don't have access to education so you are literate, so you can read. They could write your name on a piece of paper and you could tear up the piece of paper and not even know that's your name. That's how Angola is. And unfortunately, that's how most of Africa is. Mired in corruption, corrupt politicians, they're rogue. And yet they prance about at the United Nations while their countries are rotting. And people in their own lands are dying. Girls are having periods out in the bushes and in villages and small towns and have no sanitation. Come on. Sexually transmitted diseases that we find treatable here are rampant in those places. But the countries, the country itself is rich in oil and copper and diamonds. America is rich. Yeah, we have water and oil. We have all sorts of stuff. But we use it for our good. We spread it so it's good. That's what made us powerful. Our economy changed in 1871 and we became a leading economic power after that. That was 1871. We still are. 
we're still here. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing everything to make sure it stays this way. Because I don't want that kind of corruption that I see happening in other lands to ever come take over our political systems here. Nah, just nah, just nah, just nah, just nah. Just say no, mm-mm, don't want it, don't want it. Not when people are illiterate. Like, you don't even go to elementary school, y'all. You don't make it past first grade. You don't make it to first grade. The poverty is so endemic. It's more, it's multi-generational. Four or five generations of people. Why? Meanwhile, politicians take private jets and yachts and party like it's 1999. Party like it's 2009. Party like it's 2019. And their people don't have food, nor running water, nor education in their schools. Meanwhile, Mr. Santos can live on a horse-shaped, artificially made island just outside of Dubai. It's a horse-shaped island, tax-free haven, has no extradition treaty. It's a, it, it looks like it was a place that was created by the world's wealthy so that they run the system of government. So there's no extradition to any country. They don't have extradition treaties with anybody. So you can't go down there and extract them and bring them back to their own nation, to their native land for nothing. And American firms who normally have a pristine reputation worldwide and are celebrated to be above the fray went down to Angola and allowed this to happen. Watched it happen and didn't do anything about it. Made their money and stayed there. Gave them advice how to circumvent international laws. And watched as the country continued to implode. If you were to ask, ask this question, how much of Europe's wealth is based on African history? Ask yourself that. How much of Europe's wealth is based on the backs of the poverty that now exists in a lot of African nations? Ask yourself that. If you were to ask that question, do you think a lot of European powers today that exist today who were former colonial powers do you think they would exist as an economic power had they not participated in this rampant lifestyle in Africa? No. They saw an opportunity. Christopher Columbus was an opportunist. They saw an opportunity and went for it. And boy, did it ever work out for their good. Makes you want to ask this question, and this is my final thought. When America had the option to do that. Why didn't they? Makes you wonder. What was it that was different about the American way of thinking that made them not participate in something like that? I'll leave you with that thought. Because we complain about our country. We criticize. How we go into other lands and blah 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 to maintain peace and so on. But have you ever thought about why didn't we go in there and rape their countries? And Why didn't we? Think about that. We had the power. We had the military might. And we didn't. Think about that. My name is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Continue to listen to our thought-provoking sessions. 
on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and anywhere your favorite podcast platform is. I want to thank you so much for listening to me today. Thank you so much, my viewer on YouTube, and for those of you who have joined me on Twitter, and those of you on various other platforms, I want to celebrate you and thank you. And those of you who continue to listen to us from around the world, I am so grateful that you take time out to listen to me. Uh, for those of you in the United Kingdom and Namibia and Switzerland, you amaze me, seriously. Bangladesh, seriously, France, man, you continue to amaze me with what you do. Thank you so much, everybody. I gotta go. It's Friday. Live fearlessly. It's Fearless Friday. Say it. It's Fearless Friday. It's Fearless Friday. But I want you to think about the American way of thinking and the American way of life. Why is it the American power structure is such that it protects people? It doesn't just leave people like that. I just want to know. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Love you.